Welcome to the MSEC podcast, the official podcast of the Military Child Education Coalition. I'm your host, Tatiana, a high school senior and military child from Swansboro High School. I hope everyone is having an amazing month of the military child. Many locations had your purple updates last week, and I know the kids have taken over the podcast again this week, but before I turn it back over to our student host, Tatiana, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank the sponsors for this week's podcast, which is Lockheed Martin Space. In this conversation, Tatiana is going to sit down with Kirsten and Carlos from Lockheed Martin, and they're going to share about how Lockheed Martin Space inspires students to pursue a career in STEM. And they're also going to talk about STEM jobs and employment, and also some amazing opportunities for military kids and all kids um, who are interested in STEM careers. So I'm going to turn it back over to Tatiana, who will be your host for this month. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for being here today on our podcast. I'm very excited to talk with you guys. Um, Can you guys tell me a little bit about yourselves? Thank you so much, Tatiana. I can jump in first and I'll pass it over to Carlos, but really excited to be here today. My name is Kirsten Cordes. Uh, I work for Lockheed Martin, Lockheed Martin Space to be specific, so our space business area. But I've been part of the organization now for almost five years, uh, working in the human resources organization, and I can share a little bit more about that. Um, but yeah, as, as part of my role, I get to work on our STEM council, uh, which is a council within our business area that is geared towards inspiring students like you and others to hopefully pursue a career in STEM in the future. So excited to share a little bit more about that today. Um, but I'll pass it over to you, Carlos. Oh, thank you. So uh, my name is Carlos Arcila, and I am also with Lockheed Martin Space. Uh, specifically, I am the high school internship program lead. Um, basically, what that means is I run Lockheed Martin Space's high school internship program across the nation. Um, we have different facilities where we give high school students that are passionate about STEM or interested in learning about STEM, an opportunity to work on our with our latest projects and different programs that we're working on with our top engineers and scientists that we have at the company. I have been with the company now for a little bit over a year and a half, loving the role, just helping students connect with the company and, and finding that passion you know, that, that would drive them to, to be successful one day. That is amazing. What do you do at Lockheed Martin and what opportunities do you give to students? I work in human resources, as I mentioned, and I know that that probably doesn't mean a ton to those in high school, but basically my job is centered on the business side of the house and specifically on the people. So that is my number one priority is making sure the employees at Lockheed Martin are taken care of within human resources. Uh, but then more specifically, get to help participate in building our future talent pipeline, uh, which Carlos is definitely going to share more about. Is that's definitely his realm of, of expertise. But uh, we do get to, as a STEM council, help to sponsor amazing organizations like MSEC that are already making a huge impact in the lives of students and just helping them, you know, do more. And so one of the events that we're, that we're planning, our STEM Expo, is just an example of that. Um, but I get to, as part of my job, get to plan those types of things and make those partnerships happen. So uh, I love it. Get to, you know, do a lot of things that uh, just tap into my personal passions of helping students and um, growing, you know, the, the STEM career pipeline. So 
that's a little bit more about my role in, in HR. So Kirsten talks about the talent pipeline. So let's let's talk about what is that. And um, I'm basically at the forefront of that building that talent pipeline. And just think about production at maybe at a factory of some sort. Um, and my job is to to basically find young potential talent or future engineers, our future scientists across the country, is to find them. We're not looking for people who are already scientists or engineers, right? We are finding people at the high school level that have the potential to become great scientists and and engineers and bring them into the company, get them exposed to those careers. But one thing that I love to, to tell people about is allow that individual to just fall in love with the actual work. Um, We have found through surveys and our interns that have started this talent pipeline that when they work for us, they increase their passion and ability to learn because they've had that firsthand experience um, and they fell in love with the day-to-day work. How many times have we heard of people that ended up finishing careers and don't really enjoy working in that career. We're taking somewhat of a reverse approach. Engineers like to call it reverse engineering, right? So it's like a reverse approach of being able to to show that individual, this is what you could be doing if you study this or if you go into these career fields and that individual will go off to college and, and sit in that classroom. And while people are trying to figure out should I learn this? Do I really need to know this? Our interns have been exposed to it and they know that they should know that, that they will need it. And a lot of them have actually said, well, this is one of those areas that I was struggling during my internship and I understand why it's important. Um, And ultimately our goal is to have that intern come back to us as an experienced professional now with a college degree and coming back to us and working on projects that, you know, potentially they started as high school interns. We have actually had people do that. Um, One of the first uh, engineers that I met at the company started uh, as an intern in, in college. And while he went through college, one of our rovers was actually took that entire time to travel through space and actually make it to to its ultimate destination. And he came back to work on that project and he thought that was so cool, you know, to actually see, it was a satellite actually around Jupiter. And it took him, you know, it took over four years to actually get there. So yet that's what that talent pipeline is, is to get them started. And that's what I do, reaching out to students across the nation at one of our participating Lockheed Martin space, high school space intern facilities, where we would bring in high school students to work with us over the summer um, on real projects. That sounds absolutely amazing. That's so great that he was able to come back and see that progression. Why do you think it's important to gear students towards STEM careers? Great question. And we'll refer back to the talent pipeline that we've been talking about. Um, But it's probably no surprise, especially, I think, to high school students who are what we call digital natives, meaning that you're born in an era that technology has really been 
really present and prevalent in a lot of your your lives. So you probably had a cell phone way earlier than Carlos and I ever did, <laughs> which is just part of our progression in society. We're becoming much more familiar with technology. But as a result, things are evolving so quickly. Technology is changing so fast and it's a really exciting time, but the, the need for people to have engineering backgrounds and science backgrounds to help us continue to push the direction that our technology evolution is heading and really just continue to progress our really society's capability of the most incredible things like space travel and you know doing a, a really interesting things as far as um, flight and hypersonics. So there's a lot of just technology and STEM opportunities out there that really outweigh the number of people that we have to do those jobs. So internally, we, we talk about that as our, our STEM crisis, where we really are at a point where in the next couple of years, uh, the data is showing that the number of jobs that we're going to have where we need people with STEM skills is going to be a lot higher than the number of people that are going to be there to actually fill those roles. So that's why, you know, part of my role is getting to help inspire some students out there who maybe never really saw themselves in a STEM career before. Maybe you're a space geek like me, and it's just something that you have a natural curiosity about, but you're never thinking like, oh, maybe I'll think about a career that direction. Hoping that we can try to change that conversation for you and, um, you know, think about the possibilities that are out there because we really do need more people interested in STEM to be able to fill the jobs that are going to exist in the future. Right. And, you know, it really comes down to studies and data and projection. Currently, you know, we've, we've talked about it, right? There's these STEM talent gaps. But the reality is that there's a current problem of not having enough talent or enough people to work in the STEM fields. And the problem is only getting worse. Just to kind of put things into perspective, um, it's estimated that in the next decade, STEM jobs are projected to grow at more than two times the rate of jobs overall, right? So we know and we understand that there's about to be an 8% increase in STEM jobs, but only a 3.4% non-STEM job increase. So it's important that we start that people start understanding where the job markets are going. Because if you don't prepare yourself, if you don't go down the right careers, you could potentially end yourself with graduating from college or pursuing a career, but not having opportunities to work. And that is something that is extremely important when actually deciding on what career paths to, to actually follow. And there's a lot of research out there. And, and you know, we're, we're looking at different things. You know, why aren't people not pursuing maybe STEM careers? And the number one reason, 53% of those that were actually surveyed, they said that they didn't know enough about STEM careers to know if they were interested. And that even goes into further because now we understand also that there are a lot of misunderstandings of what STEM careers actually are. Sometimes people feel like, if I want to be an engineer, I have to be super smart. No, you don't. Engineers are just basically people who understand a certain field, 
and are able to systematically approach and resolve certain problems within that career field. And you have many engineering disciplines or different career opportunities within the STEM fields. So it's important that people educate themselves, understand about STEM, and understand about the future of STEM, which we understand that everything that we do nowadays revolves some type of technology, right? I mean, we all have phones. The reason why we're doing this podcast right now via Zoom, it's because of technology and technology will continue to grow and develop. We also understand, I think the, I think the, the number is somewhere in the 30% of the jobs that are coming down the road have not even been, they don't even exist yet. So imagine the possibilities there of working in a field that currently doesn't even really exist. So yeah, that's one of the main reasons of, of why it's so important to, to pursue a STEM field. That's amazing. I'm. It's just so crazy thinking about all the statistics that you said, like the fact that some of these um, jobs are not even going to exist. And it's just really important that all students keep in mind about STEM fields. So I think that's really great that you guys push for that. Why did you become interested in Lockheed Martin? Great question. Lockheed Martin is an organization that is a big one. So um, I, I don't think we, we've talked about, but Lockheed Martin is, is the one of the biggest aerospace and defense contractors in the United States. So we have one primary customer, and that's our Department of Defense. So all branches of the military. And we are a company of just about 110,000 people. So huge organization. Um, with a lot of incredible technology. So the branch that Carlos and I work in is our space business area. So as you can see in Carlos's background, actually, that is our OSIRIS-REx space vehicle, which recently tagged an asteroid to collect a sample. So our neck of the woods is all about space, both space travel, deep space exploration, um, even missile defense capabilities using satellites, so lots of satellites. Um, but Lockheed Martin space in particular really grabbed my interest as an undergrad student. I'll admit, I read the job posting as I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do senior year. And I was like, I don't know what this Lockheed Martin organization is, but it says space there. And as I mentioned, I'm a space geek at heart and have always been. And so when I saw that job posting, um, I just instantly fell in love and started Googling like crazy what this organization was all about and was really lucky to land an interview and get to tour our Sunnyvale facility. So I'm in Northern California, um, but we do have a facility for space in the Bay Area in Sunnyvale. And it's right outside of kind of the Palo Alto area. And there are some amazing technologies that were being built there, um, like the solar panels for our International Space Station. And my jaw was just dropped as I was getting this tour, um, you know, doing an, an interview as a senior in, in, in the in college. And so was lucky enough to get hired right out of undergrad. And I'm not looking back. I, I definitely didn't think I would be, you know, five years into a career thinking I'm going to be with this organization the rest of my life. And yet here I am, I could see myself working with Lockheed Martin, you know, through when I'm ready to retire, which is really, I think, rare these days, because it's pretty normal that you, you know, try different organizations throughout your career and different businesses. But the work that we do here at Lockheed and the mission that we strive for 
is just such a, a deep connection to, to me personally. And just the work that we get to do with, with students, like that's something that really just is, is something I'm very, very passionate about. So the fact that I get to do that for work, but it's also what I like to do on the side to volunteer. So the fact that I get to do that is, you know, part of the job is just incredible. So the, the company does amazing things. They have some of the coolest jobs and they also care a lot about not only the people that work for the company, but the communities around us. And, and what we can do to, you know, to be a good citizen for the world. So lots of great things. I'll have to stop because I'll, I can I can keep going about why I love Lockheed. So Carlos, I'll, I'll pass it over to you. Yeah, I'm really just going to piggyback on everything, you know, Kristen said here. So I actually fell in love. Um, I knew about Lockheed Martin many, many years ago, but I read Lockheed Martin's mission statement and every major company uh, organization out there, um, even, uh, you know, the military itself, right? Every branch has its own mission statements. And Lockheed Martin's mission statement of solving complex challenges and advancing scientific discovery uh, and um, and delivering innovative solutions to help customers keep people safe that is Lockheed Martin's mission statement. And when I read that, it really resonated with me. I served in the Navy for 22 years. And while serving in the Navy, I was deployed several times. Um, and I actually got to work with many Lockheed Martin products. And being around that and seeing these products, I could honestly say that thousands of men and women were able to come back home safely because of Lockheed Martin's mission statement, what, what it, our engineers and our scientists every day, what they believe that they need to do and the impact that it has. And that impact doesn't just, isn't just affecting, let's say, the military, but there's so much stuff that the day-to-day lives of billions of people across the globe are affected by it. GPS navigation is one of those. We, we work on that. Weather forecasting, that's another, you know, major uh, piece that, you know, we work on as well. And there's other, there's other things that we are inventing across Lockheed Martin in the different business areas that we have. And like we've mentioned on a couple of occasions, we're specifically with space, but a lot of the stuff that we are working with in space have actually has actually been utilized to help the day-to-day life of people. And I tell engineers and scientists all the time that as a as a former military member myself, I thank I thank them because they may not understand that completely and I and I do I tell them that what they do at the company has profound impact on the lives of many around the world. And for me, it was one of the driving pieces of when I served that I was always part of something greater than me. And, and I love being a part of that. Anytime that I am part of a company or an organization or part of something that serves a purpose that is much larger than me, I don't know, for me, I'm, I'm in love with it. So yeah, that's why I, I chose Lockheed and, and, and I'm still here. I, I just really believe that it has an impact on the day-to-day lives of many. 
That is a beautiful message. I'm so happy to hear that Lockheed Martin is able to serve us just like our service members have. Um, and that's what MSEC's all about, serving those who have served. So that's amazing. What is the most challenging part of pursuing a STEM-related field for students? I mean, I think there's a lot of things that can be challenging from a student's perspective in the pursuit of a STEM career. A lot of the time, I think it's just kind of the question of how do you get started? You know, if maybe you have an end goal in mind of, oh, I really want to be an engineer that works on satellites, great. But I think a lot of the times it's like, okay, what are the steps that I need to take as a student to get there? And I'm here to tell you there's not one right answer. <laughs> you know, hopefully that gives a little bit of peace of mind. There's a lot of different ways to kind of get into a STEM career. And really, you don't even have to, you know, be thinking about um, stem from the get-go to really decide that you want to go in that trajectory, even if it's serving um, in a non-STEM career, but at a STEM organization. So I would say, I think a lot of the time, the biggest roadblock for students is just the, how do I get started? And so really just learning what interests you and what type of STEM careers you can see yourself in would be the best advice I can give you. And luckily, because we're talking about, you know, um, how prevalent technology is. You have a supercomputer in your pocket that you can Google a lot of the potential careers that are out there. Um, but to Carlos's point, only the careers that are, are currently in existence today. Who knows what we're going to see out there as potential jobs in, in just 10, 15 years. And so I would say, you know, from a student's perspective that wants to get started in STEM, do some research out there, not only about what type of degrees that you can get, but really just what's that end job or that end technology that you might wanna be working with, um, or just kind of what your day-to-day -day wants to be like, like maybe you love physics class, and so you wanna do a lot of things related to you know using physics in the day-to-day. -day. Um, there's definitely a career path for you there. So I think just you know understanding really what, what is your true passion. To Carlos's point, there's so many people that go through their careers just working to work and you know what what I think is really the, the joy and the day-to-day and -day that is a little bit mixed so if really the focus is more on what am I excited about what type of technology or science areas you know just naturally pique my interest and then go from there I think that's more important than really how exactly like what degrees do I need to get to make sure I'm in this position because that's changing too you know, there's a lot of, I think, of a perception out there that you have to have a four-year degree to get a job in STEM, and that's definitely not the case, and we're really trying to make that even more not the case <laughs> to make sure that STEM is, you know, really an equal playing field for all students, because a four-year degree is expensive. We totally recognize that, and so making sure that there is a path for every student to a STEM career is something that I know both Carlos and I, hopefully I can speak for you, Carlos, are passionate about because STEM is something that should be available to students everywhere. You know, no matter where you're coming from or what your background is, we definitely, if you're interested in STEM, we want to help you to get to where you want to go. I hope that helps answer it, but <laughs> I'll turn it over again to you, Carlos. No, and I'm going to add to that because, yeah, she's absolutely correct. Um, I honestly think that probably the the biggest uh, problem um, in the STEM fields is probably the aspiring uh, talent or maybe, you know, the student themselves. And, and the reason why I say that is because 
there's so much misunderstanding out, out there. Like I touched a little bit uh, on it uh, in the beginning on, on a previous question where I said, you know, people believe that they have to be super smart, right? So there's this belief gap, you know, there as well that, that you really have to be this different type of person to, to be in a STEM field. And that's not, that's not true. Um, you know, another piece too is this, you know, Kristen kind of touch bases on it, right? Is the post-secondary education, you know, gap, that mentality that you have to have this, four-year degree to pursue something, you know, in that. Um, I could tell you right now that some of the best uh, software uh, engineer, like coders out there are probably self-taught, you know, people who just uh, one day kind of picked up coding a computer by themselves and started small. Um, I, I think people should start maybe getting involved in uh, local organizations like um for example you know it's common to see high school students involved in sports and 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 sports is great i I mean i have now an adult son who's a a college athlete and and is great and he's also pursuing a stem field he's going into environment he's uh, studying environmental engineering you know that was a big piece for him but my younger one he plays as well but one thing that I'm getting him exposed to is an organization called First Robotics. And now First Robotics is actually pretty cool. It's kind of think of an organization where you're taking sports and combining it with robotics. And now robots are kind of playing sports. But the cool thing about it is that the team members of these robot clubs, right? And First Robotics is just one example because there's several robotic clubs out there. These teams are putting these robots together and competing. Um, and what we have to understand is that these individuals that are are competing on these teams or are part of these teams, they're actually engineers. They're 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 starting as engineers. You have people that are doing the mechanical piece behind it. You have people that are doing the electrical piece behind it. You're doing. You have people that are doing the coding for the robot. Uh, so. All these people are working together, and that's essentially STEM careers. That's that is a perfect example of it. So, the misunderstanding I think is the biggest uh, issue with following this. And if people just kind of get them get themselves exposed to that, remember I said fifty three percent of people just don't know enough about it. So why not educate yourself? There are several apps where you can just go on and like I want to learn code. And, you know, they do little video games where you could actually write code and, and, and coding actually gets you to win. And, you know, it's just so much things that you can now make it fun and interactive and understanding. And most importantly, not be afraid of it. That is amazing. We have a first robotics um, team at my school and they are absolutely amazing. The robot they built this year is insane. I, it was amazing to watch them. Um, they haven't got to their first competition, but I'm excited to see them. They did it like their robots, just amazing. I know you guys have touched on this a lot, but I just want to get a really direct full answer because I think this is really important. Why is introducing STEM to children so important for our future? Definitely. I know we, we've talked a little bit about it, but 
cannot underscore enough that we really just need more kids and students interested in STEM to be able to fill all of the jobs of the future that we're going to need talented individuals to fill to be able to really continue with the progression of technology. So just one great example is the mission to get to Mars. That is something that Lockheed Martin is really heavily involved in. I call it a kind of our, our, next, our new space race. You know, it was first to get to the moon and now it's to get to Mars. But uh, we are, you know, going to need engineers that are going to be able to help design continued things that will help, you know, future missions like that. And right now I know that there is the potential for, you know, the first people that are going to be walking on Mars to be in high school today. So if you think about that and, you know, Mars is just one other planet, who knows what's going to be next in the future that we have a whole solar system to go and and beyond. Um, But I think just the opportunities for technology out there that we need students to just be interested in them to help make possible. That's why I think it's so important. But really outside of, you know, that's, that's from the company's lens, I would say, of we need to make sure that in the future, we have people to fill the jobs that we're going to, that we know we're going to have. But really from just a, a personal perspective, I also think it's really important to introduce students to STEM, just to be able to say, this is an option. You know, what we want to share that there are some jobs out there that you maybe have never heard of and wouldn't have been able to consider a STEM job. Um, So really, I think just introducing students to the types of jobs that fall under this massive umbrella that we call STEM um, is really, I think, the best thing that we can do to help inspire the next generation of students, just like yourselves, in pursuing, you know, a job that will really be a game changer in in the world of, you know, science, technology, engineering, and math. And so, and beyond, like I said, it's a big umbrella. That acronym has a lot of definitions, so... Just want to ensure that we are going to be, you know, providing all of the students, like I said, equal opportunities to get to, you know, a STEM job in the future if that is the path that you desire. So, uh, just being a support system really is is why I think it's important to get to students a little bit earlier than when you're already in college, because perhaps, you know, that four-year college, as we've talked about, isn't necessarily attainable. That's okay. You know, we can still talk about, you know, what are the options out there, what scholarships we have, if you do still want to go the four-year route, but also other opportunities and and things that you can start doing now as a student to start exploring what are you interested in. So maybe it's trying a coding game, or maybe it's watching some of our other videos on uh, some of the coolest jobs that we have in space. And so just learning a little bit more about what's out there, I think, is what we're, we're trying to accomplish today. And also through our, our upcoming events, which I know we're going to talk a little bit more about. But that's why I think it's so important. We just got to make sure that students know what are the opportunities out there so we can best position you all to succeed in the future. No, uh, absolutely. I mean, if we uh, remember the, uh, you know, one of the first data that I, that I gave that, you know, in the next decade, right, uh, STEM jobs are, are projected, you know, two times more. Uh, the rate of, you know, other jobs, you know, overall and, and STEM jobs specifically, right, at, at 8% and non-STEM jobs at 3.4%. Another thing to kind of keep in mind, you know, about it is 49% of S&P 100 companies are hiring for the same 39 roles. They're STEM-related roles. They you can't even find the people to actually meet the current demands. 
So what does that mean? Like that means if you end up in one of those positions, now you are extremely valuable. You are an asset that many companies need. You're you're going to get a high price that comes along with that as well. And just every look, there's no secret, right? The more money you end up, you know, earning, well, the more you're more comfortable your life should be. So if if that's one way to kind of think about this as well, I, I think it it just changes so much. The the impact that it has doesn't stop just with the person, that one person that starts into that engineering field. It has an impact also on future generations, right? I, I mean, I'll share this. I mean, I grew up in Patterson, New Jersey. I'm I'm originally from Columbia, South America. My parents immigrated here and I grew up in Patterson. And look, I'm, I'm proud of where I grew up at, but uh, I'll call a spade a spade. It's not one of the best, you know, places, you know, in, in the world, right? It, it, has its, it, it has its problems, you know, high crime, you know, things of that nature, you know, but one of the things is I was able to break that cycle by some of the decisions that I made. Now, I didn't pursue a STEM field. I work for a STEM company and surrounded by it right now. But now the impact that it has was not just for me, but my kids and their kids now are going to be given other opportunities, right? Uh, I mean, I've got a son, like I mentioned, he's now going to be, uh, you know, he's pursuing an, an environmental engineering degree, right? So now there's you know, something there in the future for, for him and, you know, in his, you know, family upcoming. So the opportunities are currently there. They're going to be there even more. We know that technology is not going away. It's only going to become more prevalent in everything that we do in life. So we need to make sure that we are training and preparing and educating ourselves in the right markets. Um, it's, uh, it would not be savvy to get a career that does not have potential future growth. And that is one of the big importances of following STEM careers right now. Thank you so much for that. I think it's very important that we show students and um, kids my age that we can do STEM fields and it's so important for our future. And even for our kids that, <laughs> that are not even there yet, it's really important for them. Can you share with us what's happening on April 27th, the STEM event that you guys are hosting? Yeah, happy to share. So we have a very exciting event coming up on April 27th, as Tatiana mentioned. Um, it's at 10 o'clock a.m. Mountain Time, and it is a one-hour virtual Zoom event. It is our STEM Expo. So if you're interested to learn a little bit more about STEM careers and, you know, just tap into some of the actual employees at are at Lassie Martin doing the engineering that Carlos and I have been talking about. Uh, that is what the event is all about. So as I mentioned, it's a one-hour virtual Zoom event um, that the registration is open for. So definitely register if you haven't already. Uh, but what we are going to be taking students through is an hour of a bunch of different things, uh, listening to a couple of different employees internally about their career paths and how they got to where they are um, and some of the really cool jobs that they're currently doing. And then we're also gonna get to do a virtual tour of one of our labs. So although we can't bring students on site right now, 
from across the nation, we can bring you in virtually. So I'm going to be sharing, uh, you know, what it looks like at a Lockheed Martin campus and actually what is happening inside one of our labs. Uh, so really excited about that. And then uh, Carlos is going to be there as well. You'll see him again to share more about our high school internship opportunities and scholarship opportunities. So if Lockheed Martin has piqued your interest and you could see yourself maybe looking to apply for a high school internship or in the future, you know, a college intern or beyond, uh, we wanted to share more about that with you and how you can stay connected with us via, via Talo, which is a, another um, company that we partner with to stay connected with our, our high school talent. Um, so yeah, that is what is happening on April 27th. I definitely would love folks to attend if you have the ability to do so, but. I have one last question for both of you. Um, the podcast is all about telling stories. Um, do you have a story you'd like to share with us? Yeah, so I can I can definitely start. And I love this question because I think the the stories that we that we share with with one another are just really important in, in the personal connection that we make. So um, I think a personal story that I would tell is just how I have seen my involvement in STEM at Lockheed Martin really changed the lives of, of some students. And one of the events in particular that I've gotten to participate in a few years ago, uh, we had what was called a Mars bus. And the Mars bus, which is actually now at the Smithsonian, um, so you can still go and see it, but really, really cool piece of technology that Lockheed Martin partnered with to create, which was a school bus. So picture like a real school bus, but instead of the windows, every window was replaced with a television screen. And so when you're sitting in the school bus, it's what you might envision as like a virtual reality ride, but on a school bus. And that bus, you know, virtually took students to Mars and through a drive on the surface of Mars and you could see a bunch of navigation happening and what it would look like to have um, a base camp on Mars. And so really, really, really cool, just engaging technology that we got to share with students all over the country. And I saw so many kids sitting on that bus, looking at the windows with just the most incredible look of awe and amazement in their eyes. And just, wow, this is so, so cool. And, you know, now hoping that some of those students um, are, you know, a few years down the road, um, in the pursuit of STEM careers, but I could really see the impact that our organization gets to make on students that day and myself and, and you know, riding that bus to Mars, like it was just the coolest experience. And I really hope, even though it's, you know, one hour virtual event that we were talking about the STEM Expo, it's not necessarily a Mars bus, but we still want to try to do a little bit of the same and just show off a lot of the cool jobs that we have at Lockheed and that will create things like taking students to Mars. So um, yeah, that's just a personal story that, you know, I, like I said, really just can picture the faces of the students on that experience and the, the awe that was in their eyes of, of what maybe their, their future, you know, could, could include. So, yeah. You know, I will, you know, I have, you know, like Kristen mentioned, right? Osiris Rex uh, in the back over here and, you know, the asteroid Bennu. Um, so when Osiris Rex actually uh, touched um, Bennu and, and, and was able to retrieve that, uh, that sample, um, I'm, I'm actually, you know, with 
you know, the world being turned upside down because of the pandemic. And so I'm, I'm working remotely, right. Virtually from home as, as many people are across the world. And, um, I'm listening to the news and we had watched this, right. Basically live, right. Through the company, like everybody knew this was going on. And, and, um, it, it almost had this like Super Bowl slash World Cup feeling. Like this was the finale. And I'm talking about intense moments and, and stuff like that. And then living through that, and I felt just like every other Lockheed Martin employee, we're just so proud. And, and maybe I never personally worked on uh you know, the uh, Osiris-Rex itself, right? Um, but you're part of that team. And that is just so exciting to, to be a part of that. And then I'm sitting here and I'm watching the news and it's being broadcasted all over the world. Like it was such a momentous occasion for, for us. And to know that, yeah, I'm part of that team, right? It just motivates me to even think a little bit further. Um, and it drives me even more on what Kirsten and, and, and I do, right? And working with young talent out there. And I truly believe um, that there is a very strong possibility that I may come across, you know, the next greatest scientist to solve, you know, some really complex world problem or interstellar, you know, problem out there um, and, and really kind of resolve something like, you know, kind of come up with some great solution or who knows, maybe the next, you know, man or woman to, to actually set foot on, on Mars or, you know, or some other planet. Like, I believe that individual is still out there. Like we know that person is still out there. They're sitting in a high school right now somewhere across America. And I just, it, what an honor it would be to say, yes, I, I, I met that individual. Um, even I, I met, uh, you know, Time Magazine's per, uh, Kid of the Year uh, this year uh, before they were Time Magazine's Kid of the Year. And, now, and then I'm watching them on TV. I'm like, I know her. You know, that is so cool, right, to, to, uh, uh, to be a part of that now. So just working with great, you know, young, aspiring talent with just so much potential um, and somewhat of an unclear but adventurous journey in front of them. I, I think that is just exciting. And, and um, we're here to kind of show those doors and kind of maybe give, hey, look, there's a road down there. We don't really know where it's going to lead us to, but we know there's some pretty exciting stuff out there. And we would love for you to be at the helm of that and drive it, you know, and navigate it, you know, to, to advance, you know, just our, our species, because that's really what, what we're doing here, right? So just advance, like, how great would it be for me to be 90 years old one day? And, you know, we're seeing a, a full out Mars camp, right, with everything on it, swimming pools included, right? Maybe a palm tree, you know, to go along with it and be like, wow, I remember when Mars was just, you know, nothing but rocks and dirt, right? And so, and look at what it became, right? So um, just really, really, really cool experience, you know, to kind of be in this role and, and, and work with young talent. 
Wow, both of your stories were so inspiring. It's so exciting to see how excited you are to shape the future and be excited for our youth because a lot of people do do not believe in us, but it's so exciting seeing you guys so excited for us to be able to take those steps and um, really push for us, which I think is very great. I want to thank you both for being on the podcast. <laughs> nah, no problem. I was going to add on to something on there because you touched uh, oh, something, something uh, that I – am constantly talking about and you right. said you know, sometimes people don't believe in 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 the current youth right in america's youth right. um what i think it is is people trying to measure today's right. youth with youth from 20 30 years ago you can't do that it's completely different you guys have different uh talents you guys grew up with technology in your hands from the time that you were born you guys see the world under a different lens than we do so i'm not saying we're wrong and we're not right but what is definitely wrong is judging you the same way well thank you for saying that because it's hard to explain to sometimes you're like oh we're just we're we're doing what we know how to do and we're doing it technology which like you said is what we grew up with. So thank you so much for saying that. Thank you so much for being on this podcast. And I loved hearing you guys' point of view. And I'm so excited for your guys' expo on the 27th. Um, so thank you so much to both of you. And um, yeah. Thank you, Tatiana. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having us. This was great. Don't forget, April is the month of the military child. Reminder, as we all celebrate the month of the military child, to make a great investment in your military-connected student by registering with SchoolQuest. This online free resource keeps all military kids on track for education during PCS, moves, and transitions. It only takes five minutes, and the impact is immediate. Sign up today at schoolquest.militarychild.org. MSEC supports all military-connected children by educating, advocating, collaborating to resolve education challenges associated with the military lifestyle. Learn more about our partnership, programs, and initiatives at militarychild.org. And follow us on social media at Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram for all the latest on our enduring mission to serve the children of all those who served us. Until next time, thanks for listening.